SAFM, leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM LNC. It's time for us now to be speaking something that is quite uh, tasty. I love food. I don't know what you feel about food, but my relationship with food is one that... Um, you know, it, 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 we are not enemies, food and I. However, I do try my best to choose what I eat very carefully, especially after all these things that have come up in terms of pandemics and and uh, diseases that are born from food. You remember listeriosis, uh, the salmonella outbreaks. There's been just so many. So I choose what I eat very carefully, but I love my food. But it could be that there could be solutions that are tasty to fighting future pandemics. To talk to us about this, I've got A-team member Donovan Will, who's the director of ProVeg South Africa. Donovan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Donovan, uh, tell us, what do you do at ProVeg South Africa? So, so ProVeg is an international food awareness organization, and we're just trying to show people and some of the benefits of eating a more plant-based diet you know, from a sustainability point of view, from a health point of view, from, a, from an animal rights point of view, and also a food justice point of view. And it's, you know, like you said, most of us, um, you know, most of us in South Africa, we, like, uh, we love food. We love eating stuff. And, and I think what you said there was so important when you said that you want to be conscious of what you're eating and you want to make good decisions around your, your food choices. And ProVeg is here to help give some more information to make it easier for people to make conscious food, food choices. Now, we are aware that uh, even with the outbreak of COVID-19, there were some links uh, to zoonosis uh, uh, issues, so um, from the food that was eaten, bats and rats and the likes. And um, this has sparked a lot of research around what we eat and the future of pandemics that we might face as a globe. Could you talk to us about this? Yeah, so that was one of the one of the things that Privilege has been working on in our um, international office. Is you know we keep we obviously this pandemic at the moment that we are all all facing is 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 like the most spoken about news of all time basically, and it's because it's had the the biggest impact of any pandemic before, and that makes us forget that there were pandemics before to some degree. You know, you have people talking about. Um, and Spanish flu a hundred years ago and stuff. But are people talking about the swine flu in 2009? You know, we're talking about all the, the um, avian, like the, the bird flus. And these things are quite recent, but because they didn't impact us that much, we, we kind of didn't really notice them as much, even though some of them were more deadly than, than COVID has been so far. And the research is there. And the research says that 75% of new infectious diseases are coming from animals and they're coming from animals because of the way that we're treating them and they're becoming more and more prevalent. You know, we're having them more often and they're getting bigger and the consequences are getting bigger and it's something that we should be looking at. We can wear masks in public and we all should wear our masks and we can, you know, we can, we can look at how we can deal with this current pandemic, but we really should be looking at how do we make sure that there's, there's as little chance as possible of another one starting. So um, there's been a debate here in studio, right? Um, the A-team, as uh, Finia says, he's already on the plant-based meat. He eats that. He buys it from selected stores. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Benzito is like, hey, I'm my brother. Uh-uh. I like my meat. 
I must be honest, as a Zulu girl, yo, Donovan, I enjoy my piece of steak, but obviously I try to eat it in moderation. But now my concern is this, right, that the more we eat meat and meat um, uh, animal products, we are not only endangering our health, but it's also the environment because animal agriculture is also affecting climate change. Yeah, so that's that's first that's first deal with the, the first issue, and that's you know, you know the the meat replacements are great. Uh, a lot of people will say you don't even need the meat replacements. You can just go eat whole food, plant based fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes. But the reality is, we need to be talking about solutions that people are going to do. You know, and at Provet, we're really we're really talking to people about reducing the amount of meat that they mm. eat rather than trying to go cold turkey. You know, uh, excuse the the pun, but the the idea is, you know, we're eating more meat than we need to eat. We're eating more animal products than we need to eat. And it, that, that is what's causing the problem. If everyone cuts back a huge amount, if everyone halves the amount they eat, you know, you could have your steak on the weekend, but you don't have to have meat at every single meal. And we kind of, the way we were brought up, I mean, I'm the same. I was brought up eating eating a lot of meat. Uh, like I love the braai. When I went to a braai, you know, I would I would eat meat. And maybe some maybe some potato salad or something. You know, there was nothing else on the plate. And now now you go, okay, well, the meat replacements, and it's the same with them. Um, World Plant Milk Day is coming up in August, and people say to me, oh, I've tried the meat replacements, I don't like them. My answer is, which ones have you tried? Because I grew up with vegetarian friends who gave me meat replacements, and I went, uh, yeah, okay, that's um, I can eat that, but it's not amazing. Um, but nowadays, the meat replacements are getting better and better. And, you know, maybe some things you can't get a perfect substitute for. But, you know, if you say, okay, there's seven days in the week, one day I'm going to have a steak, then the next day I'm going to try a, a falafel burger. You know, just not even a meat replacement, just a different thing. You know, And then the next day I'll try a meat replacement, meat replacement like the Beyond Meat Burger. And then maybe I'll just have a mac and cheese, like something that I used to eat when I, um, from the past. And then the next day I'll try a, a fried chicken style burger. Well, I'll try the fried chicken strips. You know, or I'll try a fries pie. You know, the Fry Family Food Co. They've got they've got products in a thousand stores in South Africa. They're in a pick and pay shop, right? Checkers Spa. You know, you go to Woolworths and you walk in there, and you can find so many different plant-based options and vegan options. And it's just about saying to people, go and try them. You know, you don't have to necessarily go vegan or vegetarian, but you also don't need to um, keep eating huge amounts of meat all the time. And then when we look at the environmental impacts, you know, it's, it's, we, we don't know these things. And it's like you said, when we go back to making conscious choices, if we knew, if you know that more than 50% of the grain and legume crops that are grown on the earth today are fed to animals so people can then go and eat meat, and we have a problem where some people aren't getting enough food, you go, that doesn't make sense. Why is South Africa exporting um, grains and legumes? to other countries to fatten up animals and then we're importing beef from from um, from South America and we're importing chickens and turkeys from America. That doesn't make any sense when we look at the sort of the food justice side. And then when you look at the environmental side and you see um, the effect of the methane gas emissions and you see um, the nitrogen run off into, into rivers which then lands up in the sea and causes these huge ocean dead zones and you start questioning who's paying for those externalities? You know, you've got a farmer, the farmer's just doing his job, he's growing He's growing the food that people want. People want meat, so he grows cows. But those cows have have caused pollution. Who pays for that pollution? You know, who pays for those, the greenhouse gases that are getting getting sent up into the atmosphere? The farmer doesn't pay for it. 
and the consumer doesn't pay for it, the government doesn't pay for it, not in the short term, but in the long term, there's these huge environmental problems, and humans as a society pay for it, and then someone has to pay for it. You know, when, when sea levels start rising or when there's, when there's um, climate change and it changes weather patterns, then everyone pays. And I think if we understood the cost of those things, we would say, okay, let's try and mitigate some of those problems. A teamers, we are speaking about the fact that uh, we could possibly um, curb future pandemics by the way we eat and uh, possibly um, going away from eating too much meat, but going plant-based or plant-based meats and uh, going vegan if that's an option for you or vegetarian if it's an option for you for health purposes, but also for the environmental purposes. We are speaking to Donovan Will, who is a director for ProVeg South Africa. If you are like me, you want to be honest to yourself and with your body, and you're like, yeah, maybe meatless Mondays are possible, but meatless days forever? Well, send me a message. I'd like to hear from you on uh, WhatsApp number 0614104104107. That's my WhatsApp. And for SMSs, send them on 41 Donovan, let's talk about the affordability of these plant-based meats. Is it affordable? Because in order for us to take it mainstream, we need to look at affordability. And yes, obviously we are looking at healthier and environment here, but generally is it affordable? Well, I think this is, you know, whenever we look at new technologies and, and as much as food we don't think about it as a technology. If we're taking, um, if we're taking um, beans or, or soybeans or mung beans and we, we're turning them into something that tastes like meat, that's a technology. You know, it's, it's taken some technological um, know-how to be able to do that. And when we look at technology, you know, the first time people had cell phones, they were way too expensive for everyone. And some people, because some people supported it, the cost of the phones came down because there was mass adoption and there were economies of scale. And that's where we're at now. It is still more expensive than buying meat, but one of the main reasons for that is because so few people are supporting these products. So when we look at some of the products, if you go into pick and pay and you want to go buy some chicken nuggets, the vegan chicken nuggets are marginally more expensive than the, than the, the normal nuggets. So you're paying an extra five or 10 rand for a box or something. So that's, that's not too bad. When we look at some of these other products like the Beyond Meat Burger, that's quite a lot more expensive. But when you look at what it is, when you look at it, it's the, it's the best, it's probably, it's not the best vegan burger in the world, it's the best burger in the world because it tastes just as good as the meat burger, but it's using a tiny fraction of the water, it's using a tiny fraction of the land. You know, it's, it doesn't have cholesterol in it. It's, um, it's no animals have had to suffer from that for, for it, you know? There's a much smaller resource cost in terms of how much grain or how much other products it took to grow this thing, you know? And so, and it's, the impact on global warming is much smaller. So yeah, some of these products are very expensive when we look at, at some of the imported um, meats, um, uh, meat replacements and some of the cheese replacements. Um, and so, so that, is, that is something to take into account. If, you, if, you, if you're someone who's battling to afford food or, or doesn't have any extra budget for, for fancier items, then I would suggest rather, you know, if, you're gonna, if you want to come back on meat, maybe reduce the amount of meat you eat and replace that with, with um, beans and legumes. So for me, when I first went plant-based, I ate as much, I ate a lot of these uh, meat replacements. And a lot of people in this movement are talking about them as like transition foods, you know. You've grown up eating a certain way, now we're going to eat the replacement product to make it easier for us to start adjusting our diets. 
and then we're going to start learning about other things like like how nutritious beans are. You know? And then also, not just how nutritious they are, but we're going to start learning how to cook them to actually make them taste nice. Because if I open a can of, of, of beans and I just eat um, well, can of lentils and I just eat lentils out of the can, I'm not really satisfied. But if I go make a really nice lentil doll, then that's a different story. And that, to me, is, is especially in South African contexts. That's where, where we should be talking about the price. Mm. Is when you walk into a shop, when you walk into, into a retailer, and you're choosing between eating, eating steak and eating really good lentil doll, you know, maybe you have to learn how to cook the lentil doll, but when you, if you're talking about the price now, price difference between a steak and a can of lentils, that's a, that's a huge saving by going plant-based. And, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize, that historically meat has been a sign of affluence. If you can buy a lot of meat, that means that you're actually wealthy. You know, it's, and then now the, this vegan thing, it's got this really weird, um, it's caused this, this strange scenario where the cheapest food is the whole natural food um, um, beans and legumes, whole grains like like rice and um, you know even just like whole wheat whole wheat um, wheat kernels and root vegetables like butternut and potatoes things like onions those are the cheapest foods you know and they're highly nutritious and they're they're very healthy then we get then we get meat and cheese which is more expensive and that's usually been seen as an affluent product and now we've got vegan meat and cheese which mm. is even more expensive and in the future we're going to have this, this stuff that's happening in America and, and Europe, cell-based meat, which is meat that's grown in the lab, um, sounds very scientific and yeah, very boy. scary, but, it's, but it's, it's actually just the same as, like, you know, if you drink beer, is your beer grown? Your beer's grown. Yeah. Uh, some people make it at home, but if you go and look at, at a, big, a big brewery, it's basically a, a big scaled-up lab. You know, it's, just, it's grown in a vat. And it's the same way with this meat. It's not going to be grown in a, in a, in a scientific laboratory. It's going to be grown in a vat um, in the same way that lots of other, other products um, like, you know, like yeast and stuff grow to make, um, when, we, when we add that to, to make alcohol products. And so when we're looking at the price, for me, the cheapest food that I can find if I go, if I go out there is, is usually the plant-based options. And the, the meat replacements and the, the dairy replacements are kind of like the the like splurge items, you know, but if you're buying your meat at Woolworths, then you can probably afford your, the meat replacements anyway. Donovan, because of time, I need to go to Zolega Kodash in the newsroom, but I'd like to thank you so very much uh, for the information. And I'd like us to come back again one of these good days and just talk about some of the recipes because, yo, you talked about uh, a delicious lentil doll. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know how to make that one. Thank you so very much for joining us. Okay, thank you very much. I look forward to chatting again. Okay, excellent. Let's go on to Zolega Kodashe in the newsroom. I've missed you, Zolega.